Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up and help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, hump day, January 29th, 2014. Where does the time go? And you're checking in with Blaze and Rye backstage. At this moment in time, I'd like to welcome the Sade to my batter-in-law, Mr. Jonathan Weeks. Jonathan Weeks, how are you? Good, how are you? Rolling What's up, man? Hey! I'm doing all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was out of the 
It was like, uh, I'll be there for you, for you when the rain starts to fall. I'll be there for you. I remember that. Yeah, that, that song. I don't know. That was more of a, an annoying song. I, don't, I like Party of Five better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was also the Rembrandts and the Gin Blossoms. Oh. <laughs> but uh, that Rembrandts song. I remember I, I used to love Friends, you know, in its first season before it became a terrible show. And uh, so I loved that song. Um, and uh, I, I, But I used to think, like, it goes, I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. But I mm-hmm. thought like I've been there before was like a medinary ball, which is funny to think. <laughs> Like a medinary ball. ball. I like that much more, actually. Like a medinary ball. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, Weeks, I'm, I'm 25 days sober. What do you say we do a fucking show? Hell yeah. Congratulations, man. Let's do this show. Let's do it. Thank you, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, uh, how was, you know, it's always an awkward uh, day to ask this question because I don't know whether to ask about last weekend or next weekend, but how was your weekend last weekend? What did you do? Uh, well, my last weekend was spent mostly in the library with my friend still working on this security paper that we're writing. And uh, this weekend we'll be celebrating the end of that paper. My sister's coming uh, up from Connecticut. So uh, I'll be hanging out with her most of the time and uh, her uh, husband, so my brother-in-law. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and and will you be watching the Super Bowl? Yes, definitely. We will definitely be watching the Super Bowl. But they still haven't decided which day it's going to be, right? Or is it like finally decided it's going to be on Sunday? What? I thought it's always on Sunday. I thought there was like a huge debate or something like that. They probably – Quashed that, but they were they were scared that the, there's going to be snow and the weather's going to be bad. So they were like, "Oh, but it could be Monday. Oh, we might schedule it to Friday, or it could be Tuesday." So it was like all up in the air or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't heard any of that. Uh, I know that they, uh, you know, they they totally uh, made you know Broadway in in New York in Midtown hasn't been a street in a while, and now it's like Super Bowl Alley or Super Bowl Central or something. <laughs> And uh, apparently they have a toboggan ride that you go, you slide down a few blocks or something. And uh, you should do that, Dougie you Fresh. I mean, Dougie Doug is with you. What? You should go to toboggan down the uh, alleyway. <laughs> Maybe I'll go down the alleyway, but I ain't paying for this thing. Um, and what are you rooting for? Oh yeah, that was my next question. I I. I don't give a shit. Um, so, uh, you know, I I, I I I spend every Super Bowl Sunday trying to avoid watching the Super Bowl, and somehow I always wind up seeing it somehow. But uh, uh, I guess uh, I guess the Broncos, if I had to pick right now, what about you? Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't really particularly care for either team, but um just happy the Patriots weren't in it. And... Uh, um, hopefully, I'm rooting for the uh, the Mannings. Uh, so Peyton Manning, uh, hopefully he squashes uh, Sherman, that guy in the uh, Seattle. You know, with his big mouth and everything like that, talking trash. 
But, uh, you know, I don't really care about the Super Bowl this year. It's more or less I like the uh, commercials and the halftime match. And uh, so it's supposed to be Bruno Mars, right? So, yeah. You like him? <laughs> no good? No, he's good. He's good. He's really good. He's, he's oh, you were singing just now. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's good. He's good. <laughs> I thought you were going, <laughs> but you were really going, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's good. I like him. He's good. Oh, he's a great performer. Did you see when he did the uh, Saturday Night Live last year? No, I did not. He was so good, and he did this Pandora sketch where, like, like the Pandora system crashed or something. So then they were just trying to like uh, make sure that one guy was able to listen to what he wanted to listen to. And he kept skipping songs. So like they would like yell out, okay, do green day. And Bruno Mars would be like, uh, he would be like, uh, like, like, uh, don't want to be an American. And then like do Michael Jackson. And he would just go from voice to voice. And he, he had all of them down pat. It was amazing. Yeah, i got to say, he's uh, really talented. He's good, and uh, I like his music, and like you said, he is an amazing performer. So, I mean, he has all that kind of doo-wop kind of dancing, and and uh, he's really active on stage. It's fun to watch him. Yeah, he's, he's one of these great showmen. Speaking of great showmen, what do you think about this uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon taking over the Tonight Show in a few weeks? Oh, you know this is contested for... For me and you, and, and we've had many a conversation about this. Woo! Uh, well, I, I, I'm going to come out and say it. There's no replacing Jay Leno. It, it, um, I'm, I'm a fan, but I think it's time for him to go, unfortunately. He's been around for a long time. He probably should have left with his last departure permanently. Uh, it's probably time for a new comedian to come up and, and kind of create a new base and get big and then sit in that time slot and on that big network and that showtime and we can't Jimmy Fallon do it? I don't think so. I don't think anybody can really <laughs> I don't think anybody can fill Jay Leno's shoes unless it's Dave Letterman. And uh I I you know, I nobody can beat his numbers. I mean Jay Leno was so unpopular when he did that thing with Conan, came back, had better if not the same numbers that he had before then and uh, was still being Dave Letterman uh, in terms of numbers. And um, I just don't think uh, Fallon can do it. If Conan couldn't do it, Fallon definitely can't do it. So, I mean, is he going to succeed in the role? He probably will. He just won't have the numbers that Leno had, but he's going to have the numbers that the network wants, right, in terms of uh, a younger audience, because they tend to think the younger audience would stick to the network, I guess, or buy merchandise or something like that. But... Um, so there's a whole lot of marketing that's involved in that. Um, it'll be sad to see Jay Leno go cause just because he's such a kind of a legend, um, regardless of how some people feel about him. But um, it's time for a new guy to step up, and Jimmy Fallon's probably the only guy who can kind of step into that range in terms of what NBC's got. That's, that's how Yeah, I but you think that he's going to fail, so who would you put in there instead? Well, that is, that, that's a great question. Uh, I I really like. Well, if I could pick any comedian or any late night talk show anybody, host, anybody, anybody, 
Mm-hmm. I, oh, wow. Uh, I felt like a really good comedian in there. Like, um, ooh. Ooh. Dave Chappelle? Something okay. like that. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Something along those lines. Really mm-hmm. funny guy. Mm-hmm. situational comedy. Um, yeah, someone like that. Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Someone like that. Not George Lopez, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't think, I mean, I don't like anything you just said, but I don't think we disagree. Um, right. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> here's the thing. You mentioned um, the you know, Conan couldn't do it. Fallon's not going to be able to do it. I think the same shit's going to happen all over again. You know, like, uh, in fact, Leno was on um, 60 Minutes on Sunday, and Steve Croft was saying, uh, you know, well, uh, this, uh, you know, are, are you ready to give up The Tonight Show? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, Jimmy's a great guy, and he's, he'll, you know, he's the right guy for the, for the job. And, uh, and Steve Croft was like, uh, you do realize you said all of these things a few years ago when you were talking about Conan. And Jay said, did I say those things? No, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and, you know, we'll see what happens. And he, he laughed. Um, but I, don't, I think the same thing is going to happen where Fallon takes over just as Conan did. And though their styles are much different, I don't think their audiences are that much different. I think Conan had a, you know, that kind of younger college and post-college demographic. And I think Fallon has basically the same demographic. He may have slightly broader appeal because maybe he's not as zany as Conan, but I think that people will not immediately be used to him, just like with Conan. So I think that people who were watching Leno are going to do, you know, what they did 20 years ago and turn to Dave. And uh, and I think Letterman's probably going to, you know, be Fallon in the ratings for a, for a while, uh, mm-hmm. and then seven months later, Jay Leno will take back the Tonight Show. Ooh, oh. that's a, that's quite a possibility. It'll be history repeating itself. Um, I think NBC will be shooting itself again doing that. I, I don't know why they would keep doing something so stupid like that. I mean, it's, I don't know why they're I don't know why they're getting rid of him in the first place. He's listen. I, I don't. I particularly totally agree with you on that. Like I don't him. know why. You know, I would go back to even Conan. Why would they try to get rid of Leno to replace him with Conan? I understand they're looking to the future, but Leno was dominating in ratings, and uh, he still is now. I don't not dominating, but he's beating Let- Letterman. I don't understand why. Um, why they just don't keep going with the good thing? I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, there must be right. a lot of marketing research involved. I don't know what that that tells them. And uh, but you know I I gotta give a vote of confidence to Fallon. I do watch his show and he tries awfully hard. He tries very hard. I think he does a good job. He's just he's not gonna be able to pull those numbers that Leno can. And uh, but he's gonna be able to ease into the spot a little a little better. Because I think you know you're right. I think they're they're very similar in terms of the audiences and their humor. But when I watched Conan and I watched Fallon, uh, you know, especially Fallon, you know, last last year or so. He he tries awful hard. I gotta say he does a lot. He does good work, and I think he's he, you know I would even go further to say I think he tries harder and probably has better writers than uh, Conan did. I mean that might go, be going overboard, but um, I think 
Sal will, will do a better job than Conan did. But, you know. Okay. So, well, still not, not do as well as Leno, but I think NBC will be happy, and Leno will, will go back, go away quietly. I think uh, you see Leno, too. I think he's just kind of depressed. I think he's just, like, had enough, too, and in terms of uh, how he was treated by NBC. and um, So, I think that's it. I think he's going to go away, go away very quietly, and this whole debacle will kind of tarnish his reputation, and it already has. We, we all know that. And uh, that'll be the end of him, because he doesn't want to continue to ruin that. Yeah, but but he's, he did that. He ruined it already, though, because remember when right. he said, Conan, it's your show? He said he did that, and he said, I'll go away quietly in 2009, because he <laughs> right. didn't want to happen with Conan what happened with Letterman years ago. So, but right. so he's already repeated this, you know. This is already that's happened. very true. Very true. <laughs> um, but a few things to what you just said. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what NBC's thinking because obviously they're all money grubbing scum, as evidenced mm-hmm. by the whole Conan debacle and everything. Um, mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, the, 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 they're kicking out this guy at number one. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. And even David Letterman, when they announced that Jimmy Fallon was going to host the Tonight Show, Dave was like, I don't know what NBC is doing. And, and boy, it <laughs> seems like we just went through this. Didn't we just go through this? Uh, yeah. The, the thing about um, Conan's Tonight Show was, I, I feel like Fallon is doing uh, a couple things better, probably, uh, mm-hmm. because they, when Conan took over the Tonight Show, they moved the Tonight Show to L.A., and I, I immediately thought that was a mistake, and I still think it was a mistake. It should mm-hmm. have been – the Tonight Show should have been moved to New York. Conan should have stayed in New York where mm-hmm. he was comfortable um, right. and where all his staff were home and stuff. And the other thing is that the whatever the executives at NBC told him or whatever, uh, you know, to kind of tone down his zaniness and all this stuff – I don't think he should have listened to that because the show never really felt like his. Conan's Tonight Show was not very good, despite right. that you know he he was nominated for an Emmy. I still really like him. You know he was nominated for his Tonight Show, and Leno wasn't nominated that year or whatever. Um, uh, but th- that wasn't a good show because Conan was uncomfortable because you know he, they say that he didn't listen to them, but it seemed to me like he was listening to too many people. But, if, but right. now, when you go to TBS and you see what he does now, he's funnier than ever, now that he's absolutely 100% himself. So right. um, the, the first misstep, I think, was moving the show out to L.A. That's why I think this, this will be an advantage for Fallon, that it stays in New York, that it, bringing The Tonight Show back to New York for the first time in, in decades is also, that'll boost the ratings up a bit and get people excited. And, um, yeah, it's just his his broad appeal it's probably just a little broader than Conan's was and I think that you know with all the his his uh talent his singing his you know all the instruments he plays everything that all the impressions he does Fallon has more of kind of a a a renaissance man uh vibe to him in terms of like what he can do and Leno was even saying on 60 Minutes like he sees Fallon do something with Justin Timberlake like I can't do that I can't sing and like and he sees like uh uh, Fallon on, you know, Leno can't do, like, Twitter and stuff like that, but Fallon has a MacBook right on his desk. He's more of this generation, and Leno was kind of admittedly saying that, you know, it's kind of 
it, it's it, it, right now, you know, it's the right time. This is the right guy. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a couple advantages to Fallon's Tonight Show, but I don't, yeah, I, I really don't think they'll pull Jay's numbers. The other thing about Leno, as much as I dislike him and don't think he's funny, the mm-hmm. the one thing I'll say about him is he he works maybe harder than anybody in show business. He's mm-hmm. a workaholic, you know? Mm-hmm. So when he's not do, doing The Tonight Show, he's every weekend he's doing stand-up comedy. And I think I, I, read, I heard that he goes and does stand-up at the same place every Sunday night. And when he's not there, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to Foxwoods and he's, you know, he's going all across the country because mm-hmm. did you know that Jay Leno has not spent a dime of his Tonight Show money? Really? Jeez. All the it's money different. that he's, all the money he uses comes from his stand-up, and he banks all the other money, which I remember Jimmy Kimmel went on Leno's show and was like, Jay, you don't even spend your money. Leave Conan alone. He has kids. I have kids. Leave our shows alone. You know, back, and that's when Leno said he was getting sucker punched by Kimmel. But I thought that was a great moment. Anyway, what I'm saying is Leno cannot go quietly. It's not in his DNA. Right. Yeah, uh, that's <clears throat> that's true. But I think he's going to go quietly this time around. He knows it. <laughs> <clears throat> Hopefully he does. And uh, I'm, you know, hoping for Fallon to do well. I think he will. And um, yeah, like you said, I think Leno is is a hard worker, and you see it on the show every night. It, it, you know, a lot of people like criticize him for being bland and not and yeah, anything coming up with anything new. But he, the the repetition that he does is. Perfect. I mean, I don't think there's any uh, nighttime talk show host or, you know, night show host or whatever uh, that's done that so well. And I think it's that's, that's part of his Well, repetition. I mean, he comes out every night. He's pretty much on point. He delivers the jokes. He's, you know, he's got that down perfectly, the entire routine, the schedule, uh, you know, and it's just like clockwork to him. He's just like, and he keeps doing it over and over again. And, uh, I think audience get used to that, and you know that's that's a big part of his appeal. Uh, you know what you're going to get with him, you know, kind of bland jokes, and uh, uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> but he delivers that, you know, and I think a lot of people connect with that, especially the older audiences, and you know that's what he did well with. So I think um, I think NBC is going to be hurting, but they're not going to be hurting because I think this is a a short term loss for them, but in the future, in the long term. Uh, Fallon is the way to go, and like you said, there's nobody else who can do that kind of stuff with celebrities. Like I, I just watched that, like Sing Off with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, what other mm-hmm. uh, uh, talk show hosts can get those guys to kind of cooperate like that and uh, do kind of new skits? It's almost like you're watching Saturday Night Live, uh, uh, you know, on the Tonight Show. And I think he does a perfect job at that, and uh, he's he's pretty much uh, stood up to that task. And he's done. You, you see his hard work in the show, and I think that's you see more work going into that show than I think you see in uh, Kimmel's. Uh, I think you see in um, you know was was it Craig? I like him. I like Craig. Craig is actually my favorite. Ferguson is my favorite. But uh, right. I knew you would be one of those. <laughs> Cause, you know, I don't blame you though. He's funny. He's funny, man. He's, I think he's like ridiculous, but he's funny. And um, but you see the hard work Fallon puts into it. To the show and uh, it'll it'll take off. Not me, man. I don't like talk shows about nonsense. 
Yeah. Oh my God! You know who, who's that? Uh, who's that other guy that's got a show? Seth thing? Isn't that the other guy from uh, SNL? Didn't he come out too? Who? Who's that? Something? I saw some kind of advertisement. Seth something. The guy who's currently on SNL or was, and now he's gonna yeah. have a talk show, talk show or something he's, like that. Yeah, he's taking over for Jimmy Fallon as the host of Late Night. Oh my! Night. What do you think about that? Uh I don't know. Initially, I was quite disappointed. I was like, I was disappointed with the whole thing. I was disappointed that, you know, Fallon was going to go to the Tonight Show when Conan, I don't think, ever got a, a fair shot. Um, and I, don't, I just don't think they did it well. They didn't do it right. Um, and uh, so I was disappointed that, you know, of that news that, well, what the hell are they doing? They just replaced Conan with, with uh, Leno, and now they're going to replace Leno again. It doesn't make any sense. And then the other thing about it was that, they're, they're going to put Seth Meyers on after that. And my first thought was just that he's, like, he just seems so normal to me. And right. that was what bo- bothered me about the way late-night television was developing, was that it, right. it went from it went from kind of normalcy to late-night with David Letterman, you know, the originator of that show, who right. uh, it, that's, that's when the kind of... Uh, off-beat, somewhat avant-garde, um, you know, different type of humor kicked into late night. And as you know, I love Dave more than anyone uh, in terms right. of comedy. So uh, Seth Meyers just, to me, doesn't seem um, weird enough. So I was just thinking, like, just late night TV is becoming more and more normal. And I thought, I thought Fallon was part of that as well. But lately, I'm thinking that Fallon's really creative because right. uh, here's the thing that bothers me about him is that he sucks up to every single guest, like as if they're the second coming of right. you know, Sh- Shamalia. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and that really pissed me off. So I think he's the worst interviewer, but in terms of the, his monologue and the comedy bits and the songs and everything, he's incredible. So I, I'm no longer, you know, disenchanted with his comedy, just with his interviewing. Anyway, so what do you think about Seth Meyers taking over? Oh, I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm very undecided on him. I don't think he was that particularly talented when he was doing SNL. I think Andy Samberg is, is better in that regard, uh, at least making skits and everything like that. But, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's almost like uh, Carson Daly, but without the incredible knowledge of music, and the uh, kind of cultural relevance, you know, in terms of doing uh, Total Request Live or whatever that was and uh, being on MTV. So I don't know if he has any kind of relevance or if he has any kind of staying power. I don't think so. Just being on SNL is not enough. you got to be able to engage your kind of uh, interviewee and, and kind of engage your audience in that way. And Fallon does a lot of that, does a lot of engagement and a lot with music. And that's why I think he'll be so successful uh, you know, you can't name a host that does more singing or interaction with his own guests. And then, um, but I, I like Ferguson in terms of his interviewing. I think he's very funny, especially with the, the lady guests. I think he's like really, you know, <laughs> more in, in depth. You get more information because he's really asking really inappropriate questions sometimes. But um, what lady guests? Well, any, any, any like female guest, you can see he's always like kind of. It's not even like an interview; it's like a flirt every single 
And his female guest? Yeah, his female guest. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question for you. And I always thought this was like, this is always in my mind and uh, one of my own. What do you think of Martin Short? Uh, late night. <laughs> um, good or bad? Seriously, like younger Martin Short, or even now? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with now, and I'm picturing him. And you know, I I, I don't think he would be that much different than Jimmy Fallon. You know, he would do okay. the songs and all that, and uh, but I think he would be a little out of touch. Uh, is the yeah. problem. Uh, and then, but I think he would probably be a much better interviewer than Jimmy Fallon. What do you think? I agree. I've always had this feeling that Martin Short is given the chance to rise to the occasion of being a nice show, nighttime uh, talk show host. I think he would be amazing. I, 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 I just feel like he's funny. He's able to like switch different characters, but yes, his relevancy is kind of off because you know he's a uh, kind of like that old time kind of. Uh, comedian, and I don't think he can really connect with audiences now, especially a younger audience, but you know, maybe like something on The View or something like that. He would do a good job on that. Didn't he have a daytime talk show? Huh? What? I think Martin Short did have a daytime talk show for like a season. Oh, he did? Okay, well, (laughs) not good. Not good. Unless I'm thinking of someone else. I know well, Howie Mandel right, had one for a while. Glickman. I think we call him Glickman. <laughs> Jiminy Glick? Jimmy Glick. Jimmy Glick, yes. <laughs> um, but I, I just want to get back to something you said earlier uh, because I, I just wanted to make sure I heard this right. You would like the next host of Late Night to be more like Carson Daly? <laughs> No, 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 absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 absolutely not. It would, that would be a really bad decision. I feel like Carson Daly tries, but he's really, 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 really bland. Uh, he, he's like, uh, he's got incredible knowledge of music, uh, but that's about it, you know? Yeah, well, the thing about him is that he's, uh, you know, for for a while there, he was, was looking like it was going downhill. I mean, he was skinny as shit when he moved out. They moved his last call show out to L.A. He was coked up out of his mind, um, and uh, it was, and and he wasn't meant to be like a, a late night talk show host in the vein of of Letterman or Fallon. Um, but now they've reformatted that show so that now it's like Carson Daly having a beer with, like, uh, you know, celebrities at some bar in L.A. or doing, doing this or doing that. So, so they reformatted that show, and then they gave him the hosting gig on The Voice, which he's perfect at. And then cool. now he's on the Today Show every morning as well, and he's great on that. So he's really, uh, you know, it looked like he was going downhill, but, it, but he's really come back strong. And I'm I'm happy for him. And he's a he's good. He's got a lot of musical knowledge, and if he can apply that that to uh, his career, he should. I mean, the guy was like, remember Matt Pinfield on MTV? He was like Matt Pinfield, yeah. but a little bit better looking. Yeah, I was gonna say more attractive. <laughs> but we do you know what time it is? Oh my God! It's a mess. Oh my God! Who's a mess? Someone got you. Oh, I'm the 
that is the highest compliment you can receive as a director, I think. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, he wants to continue. And he has, he has sort of, like, goaded me into getting to the next level because he knew I could do it. And, you know, he just basically put his foot down and said, if we don't have a three-week run of this and if it's not in a legitimate off-Broadway theater, then I'm going to hold out for someone else. And I put my shit to the, to the floor, and uh, <laughs> here we are. Holla. Here we are. Congratulations. Yes. All good. Thanks so much. And, Sire, who is messy this week? Well, my first hot mess has got to be me. <laughs> after, reading that, after reading that Kanye has to pay $250,000 to the eight-year-old man that he apparently chased into a chiropractor's office and started beating the shit out of him after he hurled some racial slurs at KK. <laughs> the reason uh-huh. the hot mess is me is I started crying because, hell, he could beat the shit out of me for $250,000. <laughs> you, you know, that is exactly what, when we heard that today at work, everyone in my little island of death said the exact same thing. Like, I want to get punched in the face for quarter Absolutely. million dollars. Absolutely. I don't know if I could if I could hurl racial epithets at KK next time I see her for the for the pleasure, but hell, if that's what it takes, <laughs> worth it. Sign me up for for the pleasure. And who's your second hot mess? Well, and my second hot mess has got to be me again for crying <laughs> like okay, a why? bitch over watching the Shaws of Sunset. The Shaws of Sunset. I don't know if you ever see this Bravo reality show. Well, but no, but I've heard of it. Asa, one of the L.A. Iranian Persians, uh, managed to, since they can't go back to Iran for fear of, you know, being held captive and never getting out of there again, uh, she was able to get people to Turkey and her family from Iran is able to travel to Turkey. So she is meeting up with her long-lost family, whom she hasn't seen. Some of them she hasn't seen in forever. She just knows through her mother and her mother's sister the story of what's happened. So this family reunion after 30 years, you know, and, and being run out of Iran after losing both their parents, to the fighting and everything that was going there. Uh, child, I sat there sobbing like a little bitch watching the shows of Sunday. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Well, that sounds very moving. I don't blame you for sobbing. It was. So, yes, that was another hot mess on my part. You probably looked like me when Andre Agassi retired. Oh. Maybe. Was that with or without Barbara Streisand sitting on his face? <laughs> Without, we were we were past through. Memories fill the corners and, of my house. And who is your final hot mess, sir? Well, just just to keep this, you know, sort of of a piece, I'll say my final hot mess is me again. <laughs> Why? Because when I read this story today, I swear to God. I hope I can get through it now without sobbing, but I cried like a fucking baby. Have you heard about the Willamette College out of 
Salem, Oregon. It's a Division three college. One of the football players, he's the kicker, decided to come out. He went to the coach. His name is Connor Merton, M-E-R-T-E-N, Connor Merton. He went to the coach, and he said, look, I am bisexual. I like dudes. I have a boyfriend, and next week I'm telling the world. Coach and he had a talk. They got together. He pulled the sort of top core of the team together, the 16 different young men, pulled them into a room, and I will quote this article then from Outsports. Foles, who's the coach, did the best he could. He told the team leaders that Mertens is coming out publicly and that it's important for him to do so. He let them read the letter that Mertens intended to post to his hometown. There was a moment of silence in the room, followed by a parade. As one by one, the players stood up and voiced their love and appreciation for Mertens. It was unwavering support, he said. They were supportive because he was one of their teammates. It was impressive. After that meeting, I congratulated the coaches for recruiting these good, good young men. You've got something special here. I was so proud of those guys, and if this is the future of young men in America, we've got a shot. It was awesome. Hmm. Now, how's that? That's that, that would be the fucking sports story, not like, you know, the crap that's going on over in Sochi and the whole anti-gay shit that's going on there. Right, yeah. That would be the story. I mean, that's well, good kids. Good kid, good people, but they're all good kids, obviously. Right. It's like, who would have expected this? Mm-hmm. And, then and the, where is and this? Then what, what town? What state? Then they, what? What state was this in? Salem, Oregon. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, not a, uh, it's, that's that's kind of a uh, hotbed uh, white supremacist area, and, you know, all of that stuff is, you would think, is going down out there, and yet here you have these group of young men that were able to get over and beyond it. That's a nice thing. That's beautiful. Yep. Absolutely. So those are my hot messes, and that's a good one. (laughs) I got to turn back up and stop crying. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I was trying to read it to my wife, but I was sobbing like a little bitch. (laughs) Maybe you can use your tears as some some lubricant now, and let's jack off. You guys ready? There you go. Let's get that door off. Hello. All right, now, Weeks, do do you have it in front of you this time? I have it in the front of me, yes. I, I shouldn't be uh, choking too much. All right. The question is, the question is, why isn't it behind you? <laughs> and the, the other question is, what are you choking on? Oh, my God. Wrong uh, choice of words. He did Shemalia, party of two. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting it from both ends. Oh! <laughs> All right, moving on. President Obama announced Tuesday that the minimum wage for federal employees will be raised to $10.10 an hour, or as Republicans call it, the apocalypse. Fuckers! <laughs> 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 Figure skater 
Tara Lipinski said she was sad that Russia's anti-gay laws were overshadowing much of the excitement about the Olympics. Johnny Ware said he also was sad because Russia's anti-gay laws were severely hindering his chances of getting his dick wet. (laughs) (laughs) A new study shows the least Bible-minded cities in the U.S. are Providence, Rhode Island, and New Bedford, Massachusetts. The most Bible-minded location? Babes in Atlantic City, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Turkish Prime Minister Tayyip Erdogan couldn't make it to a recent meeting, so he addressed the crowd by projecting a 10-foot-tall hologram of himself into the sky. The ghost of Ronald Reagan then appeared behind him and announced his bid for a 2016 run for president. (laughs) 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 Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen cast 65-year-old Linda Roden as a model in their recent ad campaign for The Row. Those twins from the sweet life of Zach and Cody then needed a model for a spread and decided to go with Wilford Brimley. Uh, I love a Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Diabetes. 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 Fox News had four men on to debate the war on women. Last time I was with three other men in a studio, their show as hell was no damn women. House Speaker John Boehner warned President Obama that he will run into a brick wall by using his executive power and bypassing Congress to achieve some lofty goals this year. Turns out Boehner was calling himself the brick wall due to his rugged orangey complexion. Yep. That's a good one. I like that. That's a really good one. Yeah. (laughs) Waka waka. The phrase, God bless America, was never said in presidential speeches until Richard Nixon was doing damage control in 1973. Conversely, FDR would end his speeches by saying, Ellie, get your fine ass over here and wheel me home, sugar cunt. (laughs) (laughs) John McCain was censured by the Arizona GOP for lending his support to immigration reform and funding President Obama's health care initiative. He said this behavior may just get him to run again for president in 2016. When asked if he thinks he'll even still be alive then, he quoted Steve Harvey and exclaimed, Don't trip. He ain't through with me yet, my friends. (laughs) This week, Hillary Clinton admitted she hasn't driven a car since 1996. Relatedly, Laura Bush said she hasn't been comfortable driving a car since 1963. (laughs) Yeah, I love how that got so swept under the rug. Yeah, I might be going to hell for that one. No, you're not. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie faces a joint legislative committee probe on the George Washington Bridge closing scandal. The last time Chris Christie was probed was when his wife had to dig deep into his stomach rolls to find the family credit card. Oh! I 
was afraid of where that probing was going there. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I was getting nervous about that, too. I was like, all right. Not that too far as it went. Little fat balls. Response to Senator Bernie Sanders alleging Republicans are anti-social security on the Situation Room. Michelle Bachman said, this is the old canard that is trotted out all the time. It's a lie. Let's face it, Senator Sanders. You shouldn't be lying about our what our position is. In response, Bernie Sanders said, yeah, and your husband shouldn't be lying about his position when he's lying naked in your bed, face down, and getting pounded in the butthole by Pablo the Towel Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch has separated the roles of chairman and COO after Capital LLC urged the retailer to change the face of the teen clothing store from its chief executive officer, Mike Jeffries. In response, Mike Jeffries said, I changed my face years ago. (laughs) (laughs) A J.P. Morgan tech executive fell to his death from the U.S. Bank's 33-story tower in London's Canary Wharf financial district on Tuesday in what British police said was a non-suspicious incident. Non-suspicious? Right. Kanye West doesn't have a temper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? He just <laughs> fell. No, he tripped. Oof, that last step's a bitch. <laughs> Watch his steps. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's admitted, we stumbled a bit last year with too many new products. Too fast, and we created a lot of complexity. McDonald's least popular new item, the Taint Burger, with a special dripping sauce. (laughs) 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 President Obama barely mentioned the government shutdown in last night's State of the Union address, a topic that Clinton nailed in 1996. Obama has also barely touched the intern Clinton nailed in 1996. <laughs> oh, it's me again. In his State of the Union address last night, President Obama said, a woman deserves equal pay for equal work. It's time to do away with workplace policies that belong in a Mad Men episode. He then looked around Congress and said, actually, I think it kind of feels like we're in the middle of an episode of Tales from the Crips. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on a theme here, Bonita Springs, Florida man. I love, I think that's such a great drag name, Bonita Springs. That could be a small (laughs) yell of the highest order. Bonita Springs, Florida man, Spencer Toner, 79, was caught red-handed. Red-handed! More like creamy white-handed in a McDonald's parking lot watching porn and masturbating in his car. Police said, I know the quarter pounder is delicious, but come on. <laughs> I feel like Weeks has some, has some experience with this, personally. Ooh. I'll tell you, that quarter pounder is damn delicious. It's worth masturbating to. <laughs> All beef fatties. Oh, but this secret sauce. Oh. Chains <laughs> burger. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Some meat seeds on your bun. <laughs> uh, a 
southern New Jersey man says he was beaten unconscious by two men who had approached him asking for money after his car got stuck in the snow. And that's why you don't go driving in New Jersey. (laughs) A Texas woman faces capital murder charges after police said she suffocated her fiancé's daughter, then tried to cover up the killing by claiming she had been raped in a home invasion that turned out to be staged. Melinda Lynn Munez, 25, was arrested Tuesday following a police investigation into the death of her fiancé's two-year-old. In other news, there's a Hannah Montana marathon on Disney this weekend. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Main Mine resident, William Zimmer, who sexually abused a horse, has been found with child pornography. He blamed this all on seeing Equus on Broadway. Yeah, Dan. Oh. <laughs> oh. Weeks, I think you just said that the horse was called with child pornography. Did you all ever see that documentary that came out about five years ago about the guy that died from horse fucking out in Washington or Oregon? Oh, my God. I didn't know he died. No, he but died. I'll have to ask a soft dad about it. What happened? Yeah. It, it was a pretty bizarre and interesting documentary. They sort of oh. they tried to, like, reenactment because, of course, there's no footage. But there were photos of him because he did have, you know, photos on the Internet. There was a whole, like, it was a whole bust of these guys that were into sex with horses, and they would meet up at special ranches and shit. It was just, it's too bizarre. How did the guy die? Uh, taking like three foot of horse dick. Oh! oh my God. <laughs> I guess it was too yeah, much did the horse horse's dick go like right yeah, through that'll him? That'll do it. That'll do it. There was no just putting the head in. He took the whole fucking thing. Oh, 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 Yep. And on that, gentlemen, I bid a fond farewell. Good night, Cyrus. Thank you so much. Congratulations good again. Good night, Congratulations. And thanks again for all the good shout-outs. You're a great kid. Holla, holla. Keep it coming. All right, we, um, uh, uh, two things. Have you ever done a spinning class before? Spinning class? No, I've never done that. All right, well, my my friend Mike Torito uh, suggested we do it, and I was like, oh, this sounds awful. But then eventually I agreed to do it, and uh, we did last night, and just remind me never to do that again. <laughs> what because is it? What it is, is it? What do you it do? Was, huh? What do you do? Is it like arts and crafts? No, it's, a, it's cycling. You sit on a stationary bike. And you start exercising, and you do all these different exercises that involve, like, weights and swimming motions and all this. And you get up and go down, get up and go down, all while pedaling without being able to stop. And your shoes, you're trapped in there, and you can't really stop. Uh, and, and it's all to techno music. And the lady was going, like, right, right. If it's not right, it's wrong or whatever. And I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about, but apparently we were supposed to be, like, on the beat and pushing down with our right foot at that time. But the thing is that... Uh, I wasn't on the beat at all. I was too busy, like, you know, thinking I was going to die. <laughs> it sounds like torture. Oh, my, I've seen those classes before. They're, they are absolutely way too serious about that. Uh, it's just too much. It's like boot camp, but with a bicycle. 
that's that's the name of my my first novel, Boot Camp with a Bicycle. <laughs> oh, hey, man, how, I'm sorry, how cold yeah. is it in Vermont right now? Is it cold? Uh, I think it's like negative twelve. Wow. Yeah, it's it's cold as a fucking flatbed truck in Arizona out right now. <laughs> it's so cold that my fingers start, like, turning colors. They turn orange. I, I look like John Boehner after a while. <laughs> uh, and, oh, the other thing is that before the spin class last night, by the way, it was in David Barton Gym, which is a primarily homosexual gym um, in uh, – by Astor Place, but my colleague is like this kind of alpha male type of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was like, we were talking about like being in the locker room, and he was like, "Oh, you're not going to shower afterwards?" I was like, "I don't want to be up in that locker room," and he said, "I'm the one who shouldn't want to be up in that locker room." But it wound up being fine, and there were just a lot of hot guys around. Um, so uh, then, uh, before the spin class, by the way, this gym, David Barton gym. It's like you go in and it, the techno music is playing and it looks like a museum or something. It doesn't look like a gym. It's so fancy. It is absurd. I don't understand why that place exists. <laughs> it sounds like a thing, club. It, huh? It sounds like a club. You know, you go in there the music and you just start dancing. It sounds like a Night of the Roxbury. You know, speaking of, I think I went to a, a gym once that had a bar in it. So it had, like, after you worked out, you could, I think it was, like, maybe one night a week, you could go and drink beer afterwards. Yeah, it was, like, totally antithetical to the purpose of the gym. Same thing with that place, Planet Fitness. They have, like, Pizza Tuesdays or something where they, you know, undo your workout by giving you free pizza. <laughs> Well, you know, it's uh, in a way to try to guarantee their own business. It's genius if you think about it. I would, I would start a gym with, a, I would start a gym with a full buffet <laughs> and an open bar, and a full buffet, open bar, and strip club, all three. <laughs> uh, but right before the thing, um, let me ask you: Have you ever heard of this band, Neutral Milk Hotel? No. What's that? Right. I hadn't either. Um, but apparently we should have. Uh, so oh. Charles, you know Charles. Oh, yes. He's, he's one of these type of guys. Of our lives. <laughs> right, right. He's one of these type of guys like, <laughs> you know, like those types. <laughs> so Charles texts texts me that he has an extra ticket to uh, Milk Honeydew Mansion or whatever the fuck I just said. Um, so we uh, we go to uh, that. I go I go to that after. So I know that I'm going to be standing at a concert after the spin class. So my legs like right now are are a mess. They're like killing me. But uh, so yeah. last night we go see this uh, neutral milk hotel, and uh, apparently they they were a very influential indie band in the 90s. They did they were doing they were in the midst of two sold out shows. Last night was the last one at Webster wow. Hall, which which I remembered last night. I was like, oh, this is where Weeks and I saw Michael Jackson, and uh, that's that's where he was sitting right up there. And I pointed to it. Um, and Charles was like in disbelief at first, but then he believed us. Uh, and then uh, you know the the band was very they were very good and very weird and they're they're credited with influencing a lot of bands like uh, Arcade Fire and Modest Mouse and stuff because they started that kind of 
experimental indie sound or whatever. And, um, and, uh, you know, they were, they were really good. And the guy, one of the guys was playing, uh, he was playing a banjo with a bow and then he was playing an accordion and then he was playing a saw with a bow and then some weird thing that he was just turning knobs on a lot. And like, and then a bunch of, a couple guys were playing horns and then another lady was playing accordion. And the, the main guy, Jeff Magnum, I guess he had a nervous breakdown at some point. The band was only together until 1998. Uh, and then they, you know, took this, this hiatus for almost 20 years. And then, uh, fall of 2013 started, uh, touring together again so they'd had, you know, it was this big, huge crowd last night there uh, in the last two nights because uh, people, you know, they don't know if they'll see him again. And I guess the guy that I say, he, I think he had a nervous breakdown at some point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they were all together. The, the, I think one of the highlights of the show for me was, other than the music, which was really good, uh, and I immediately spotified them after uh, and before a little bit, but I think the highlight was a certain point when, Jeff Magnum, the the front man, goes, uh, you guys mind if we turn off all the cameras and, and cell phones and stuff like that? And so people start turning it off, and he's like, sorry, I just want us to be here together, present right now. And I love that. Oh. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do. I mean, that's very nice. If you create that intimacy in his audience. The, the fact that he's been gone for 20 years and he's still selling out shows when he comes back, that's amazing. That's something else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, well, that's something else. I'm going to have to check this out. How was the, the venue? How was the Honeydew Milk uh, Bubble Tea uh, Honey Hotel? <laughs> no, the, no the, the band was the hotel, not the, the oh, venue. Oh, that's Webster the Hall. band. Yeah, oh, it was the like lactose, lactose Impartial Station. <laughs> Amazing! I, I'm gonna have to check them out. Uh, it's it sounded like yeah. a good time. It, it was, except that I was like so exhausted, and then I got home and like I was, I think I was too achy to sleep, and then I finally got to sleep, and I've just been kind of exhausted all day. Hence, why we <laughs> talked about late night TV for a half hour, and I had no intention of talking about it at all. <laughs> That was a good conversation. Bart Short. Yeah, Bart Short. Great kid. It was a necessary conversation. So before we go, I just want to remind everyone to go to our website, blazingryeradio.com. Click on the backstage page. It says backstage on the top, and there you'll see banners for adamevetoys.com. And uh, let me tell you what's going on right now, John, we, with this uh, Adam Eve. There's a Valentine's Day mega sale. So you get a hundred, hundreds of items, um, up to eighty percent off. There's a, right now I see a hand job stroker. Um, there's the clitoral tongue vibrating penis ring. Wow, there's a lot of shit going on there. Wow. Uh, there's the jelly vibrator, the nipple erector set. These are all dirt cheap right now. You get them for up to eighty percent off. Uh, you can get Maxitrack Hypnotic Cologne with pheromones, so you, you know, holler at the lady and reel her in. You can get an Adam wow. and Eve coupled enhancer ring, stick on your dick. You could get a So Real stick, six-inch realistic dildo uh, or an A&E Scarlet Beat Me 
please whip or a classic prostate stimulator uh, or a Scarlet Spank Me paddle. Uh, wow. Or let's 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 do uh, one more, or a Scarlet Submission Kit, or even oh a God. big old multi-stage vibrating penis ring. So hey, who doesn't need a set of all that? That's right. Go get it now. That's right. All you have to do for your special discounts is go to BlazingRyeRadio.com, click on the backstage page, and it'll take you right there to the big Valentine's Day mega sale. What do you think, the dog Mousy? that lives by itself is doing right now, John Weeks? I'll tell you what Mousy's doing right now. She's in night court. Um, <laughs> you know, she's being, bum, bum. She's being, oh, what am I thinking? How does the... She's in night court right now being cross-examined. <laughs> <laughs> by the uh, the prosecution uh, for the murder of Corey right now, so uh, she, she's going to have to answer for her crimes. Um, so for for actually man first degree manslaughter, she's in possible big trouble right now. And uh, she's being cross examined. Uh, she just got she just left uh, for a short recess, and guess what she did? She crapped in the actual witness uh, stand. It's ridiculous. <laughs> No respect for the justice system whatsoever. Well, would and, she be uh, right now, by humans or dogs? What? What is uh, that? Right, right now, I'm outside uh, with the, the Justice for Corey Commission. Uh, we're out here protesting the justice system and trying to get something, some done, some justice done here. Because uh, apparently, it just seems like Mousy's got everybody in her uh, pockets. You know, she's just she's crapping all over the system. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> why, why are they having the trial in Vermont? You say you're there right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're having it in Vermont because uh, the courts have consolidated and the only night court available is in Vermont right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is she being questioned by a human or a dog? Uh, a fellow dog. Because apparently what, you know, that dog a, human, a human is... Uh, 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 question here, but it's being interpreted through another dog, Harold. Uh huh. And uh, it's really getting quite strange because there's more dogs now as interpreters than human beings in the court. It's you know the judge has a dog right next to him, and they're barking and, and talking to each other. It's getting very confusing. There's a lot of barking going on. <laughs> well, I can't wait till next week till we hear, you know, what happens with this trial. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely get the verdict by then, and uh, it, uh, hopefully justice is served for Corey. <laughs> Corey and Harold. And what's your favorite scene of season? My man with my amazing. All right. My favorite scene in. She's a man made picture bang 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 is is an old film that I like to credit with possibly giving me the encouragement uh and motivation to go to law school. Uh it's an old film called Time to Kill. And Amanda Bynes plays Samuel Jackson's character which is 
Carl Lee Haley, and he's on the stand, and he's being uh, cross-examined by the prosecution after, you know, allegedly and admittedly killing the two men who killed his daughter. And it's a very, mm-hmm. very emotional scene uh, of the questioning. I, I was deciding, you know, I'm not biased that both Matthew McConaughey's character as a lawyer and uh, Carl Lee Haley, but uh, I thought the Carl Lee Haley was pretty good. So I'm going to try to uh, do some justice here. Hmm? All right. Okay. So the DA goes, Mr. Haley, before you stepped outside of yourself to watch yourself shoot Mr. Willard and Mr. Cobb, were you aware that if convicted, they could be free in 10 years? Yes, sir. I've heard some people say that. Yes, sir. DA, do you think men who kidnap a child should be free in 10 years? No, sir. Oh, my God. Do you think two men who rape a child should be free in 10 years? No, sir. Do you think two men who... who hang a child should be free in 10 years. No, sir. Well, what do you think should happen? What should be a fair sentence? Objection. Do they deserve to die? Mr. Haley, answer that. Don't answer that, Carl Lee. Do you think they should deserve to die? Yes, they deserve to die. And I hope they burn in hell. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hope I didn't disturb you too much. That was my favorite scene. Um... And and uh, let's see that. I mean, that is a great scene. And uh, my favorite scene, and she's my man with mine, 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 is uh, when she plays uh, like a, a big, uh, fat, like a uh, Long Island looking fuck, and uh, she's uh, she's she's with Leonardo DiCaprio at a bar, and she says to Leonardo DiCaprio, "Hey, hey, I have something for you." I have something for you. I got a surprise for you. And he's like, you got a surprise for me. And Amanda Bynes goes, yeah, it's, it's in the back. And then they show him in the back, like sitting in this booth, and Leonardo DiCaprio's like, I am not going to smoke crack. And then Amanda Bynes is like, smoke crack with me, bro. Smoke crack with me. Smoke crack with me, bro. And that's my favorite <laughs> scene of Superman Man with Amanda Bynes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street, by the way? No, I have not. Oh, it's so good. You must. Is it really good? So good. Okay, I'm going to see it then. I will, I will see it, because I like this kind of movie. Yeah. Amanda Baines is amazing in it, too. Oh, she's, she's good in everything I've seen so far. She's, she's the, the light of my life, really. She's quite a versatile actress. She really is. She, she, she can play both men and women. She's a chameleon. A chameleon. Yes. <laughs> I can think of no better way of ending the show than saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence, and if you have a Barbie doll, what do you get? Oh, also, hey, go go fucking record a podcast right now, everyone. All right. And if you have a Barbie doll, what are you gonna do with that, John Weeks? Wash your hair in gasoline, light it on fire, and boy, start a nice camping time. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, John Weeks. Good night, everyone. Good night, Ryan. Good night. Dude.